Afrofuturism is a genre of music and art and a cultural aesthetic that really explores the intersection of the African experience within history and science and technology. It imagines alternative futures, speculative fiction with a black lens, if you like, mixing science and space to explore something which is disproportionately prevalent in African genetics and a possible future without it. Sweet Mama is a cabaret uh, shown uh, through the intergalactic game-like scenario where our hero fights the battle of type 2 diabetes within the body. Creator and performer Candy Bowers joins me now. Hello, Candy. Hello. Your parents came to Australia during apartheid. How did yes. they talk about South Africa when you were a child? Well, my grandfather is Sonny Leon. And he was the first person of colour in government in South Africa. So we're a very political family. Um, I grew up looking at political cartoons of my, of my grandpa um, and that knowledge that he was fighting for something. I, I recently read an article Mum found from, I think it was like a Canadian paper, where because my, my grandfather is um, Chinese-Malaysian, born in South Africa, uh, fought in the army. And um, he was a part of the prop Labor government. So he got to tour and actually talk about sanctions and freeing Nelson Mandela on the government's dollar. Wow. What a fascinating man. Absolutely. Um, you can go to the Sunny Leon Library when you're in Kimberley <laughs> next time. Um, but yeah, I love it. And there's, you know, a great Facebook page where you can see this stuff come up of, of South African history. But he was saying in the, in the article, which is a really interesting moment, I think, right now in Australia as well, but that um, we're not going to get anywhere until we have urban black voices in government. And so the synergy, I feel, between Australia and South Africa is real. Um, the connection between, um, you know, apartheid here and there is real. I mean, A.B. Forster um, looked at how Aboriginal people were being treated in the Aboriginal Protection Act um, and, and based a lot of the laws of apartheid on those. So I, I've always felt like a strange interconnectedness regarding politics between South Africa and Australia. And I grew up in a political family, absolutely. In this work, you've woven in uh, other South African uh, imagery and sounds. For example, mm. the tetrahedron, which I believe mm. has a special significance. Tell me about this. Well, that was, it's been such a big process, I've got to say. So coming along that at the right time was really important. I had no, like, you know, when you're creating, it's like, where, where, when did that drop in? Because it's such, it's the perfect symbol. Um, because I'm also playing with 80s video game and sort of the idea of a warrior inside, um, um, you know, bopping on things and Pac-Man-like stuff. It was so interesting to know that tetrahedrons had a special connection to South Africa in that First Peoples used it as an engineering tool to build kilns, uh, to make ceramics, vessels, uh, storage and food. And, and to know that that piece of sacred geometry sort of um, is is across engineering, video games, science, mathematics, and believed to be also to have these incredible um, sacred qualities of, of fire, you know, the triad of, of oxygen, fuel and, and spark, and also therefore transformation, right? So for me, this is one of, like, when I was doing my research, I got, I got the Creators Fund, great, research and development, I went, okay, I'll go via science, medicine, socio-political, the side of things, and my goodness, the despair at times, you know, like I was throwing the research at the wall because my mother is going through 
the pointy end of type 2 diabetes. This was so, pretty inspir- in, instrumental in your want to yeah. make this project. I mean, how do you get some sort of perspective on something that your own family is going through? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I can't, I can't pretend. I'm not out of it yet. I'm in it. But the, the reason why I wanted to build a tetrahedron on stage and above me is because I felt like it had some, you know, qualities that could protect us all, those that are experiencing it and caring for those with type 2 diabetes through the journey of the work. So there were some elements that really tied together for me aesthetically, you know, historically, and also for that sort of device and poetic reason. Um, I only, the only thing I can say is poetry has saved my life that many times that in this case, um, and where I do really need my life saving and I would love that um, to, to echo throughout the community. Um, I've Again, because, you know, I'm a playwright. I write music and, and lyrics, but really I'm a poet. And I think of all, most playwrights that have grown up pretty nerdy, we call ourselves poets. And, and to be able to distill um, all of those feelings and the possibility of change where something feels so... Like, you know, my byline is, do you believe in destiny? Because really we look at data and statistics and it's, uh, I'm a statistic, you know, I'm in a high risk space for type 2 diabetes. Um, It disproportionately affects black and brown people globally and in Australia. Um, It's very confronting. So I wanted to make something that was had beautiful power in it, but super bonkers and goofy. <laughs> well, this you cabaret know? is set in a sort of intergalactic 80s uh, video game. I can almost yeah. see the shimmering metallic costumes, the neon <laughs> yes. green lighting, the smoke Absolutely. machine. Why? There's something, there is something here between, I don't know, the reimagination of an 80s video game, which turns yeah. out to have the didactic uh, lesson learning <laughs> of uh, learning about a public health scourge such as diabetes. How did you Correct. arrive at this? These well, connections. thank you for asking. Um, no, it's a, I mean, what did I set out to do, man? Like, well, if you don't know, wild. that makes two of us. Well, I when I, re, I look, I had to recently acquit that grant, and I went, "What? I actually set out to do this, and I've achieved it. That's crazy. <laughs> like, that's next level higher art stuff." What I knew is, so I talk about myself as a warrior inside the Lindum. My mum's name's Lynn, um, and. One of the biggest things that I that I wanted to get to was um, something that I don't think a lot of people know about. And I know this now for sure because the people who came, even people who work in health, Aboriginal health, with type 2 diabetes, et cetera, they said, you putting your finger on that has changed my perspective. And what it is is literally I'm embodying like metaphor and insulin. I'm fighting uh, to get the poison out of the arterial mainframe, right? To get glucose out of the blood, essentially. And really, what else can you do? A hero's journey, but use Afrofuturism and sci-fi and to yet, do that. And yet, it's quite direct. There isn't any metaphor in the use of di- di- diabetes as this public health scourge and personal uh, scourge for your family yes. as well. I know you're inspired by the HBO series Lovecraft Country, mm. which uses Afrofuturist themes, and mm. you've used elements of Afrofuturism in previous projects like yes. One the Bear, uh, The King Shit and Lady Muck, <laughs> uh, yes, which both, both explore speculative fiction and alternative outcomes in history. Mm. So mm. Why, why was this the right vehicle for this yeah. quasi-personal story? 
This was like, there's so much that went on for me. There were moments when I wanted to make it more allegorical. But what I realised is people are already struggling with the facts. The facts aren't all clear. So I had to be more didactic and more simple. Like I'm literally batting away empty fizzy drink cans. Because um, I think when I look at Lovecraft Country in particular, they go we go deep into the nightmare space for black folks, particularly, you know, obviously African-American folks in that breaking point of, of the civil rights era, the, you know, um, the awful death of that young boy and, and all that sort of thing. So you're going deep into this nightmare space. And for me, type 2 diabetes is deep in the nightmare space. I'm caring for mum. She's in an adult diaper. She can't get out of the cycle of infection. She's losing her eyes, her shoulders, her hands. Her di- she's completely, you know, a disabled woman now, right? And I, and I don't think people understand that type 2 diabetes is a chronic progressive disease. So once you turn a corner, particularly the incontinence, it is a world of hell, right? Now, how do I do that? How do I do that and not make it so bleak? And a few artists came that have made artworks around type 2 diabetes. And the only way I could work it out was playing a superhero and having a futuristic message, which was the people that beat this can see into the future. Mm. That's the only way I could do it. If you've just joined me on RN Drive, Candy Bowers is here. We're discussing her show, Sweet Mama. Uh, When our hero needs comfort and support, and referring to your comments about uh, poetry and and lyricism, how how Mm. key that is to you, uh, the song is written in Isakosa by Tanikso or Mamabolo, which I'm not yeah. sure if I'm pronouncing that Tenkiso. correctly. Tenkiso. Tenkiso. Why did you yeah. want that part of the journey to be expressed oh, with traditional language? <laughs> yeah, look, when we wrote that song, um, I I was really struggling with realities and data and my mum, you know, and I was like, I know what's going to lift us which is sort of prayer and hymn. And Tankisa had worked on a show here at Art Centre Melbourne that I'd seen in Edinburgh and helped bring to Australia. And I knew, and, and that's my granny's mother tongue. So I was like, I know this has to be something that lifts. And in a fantastic, you know, artistic um, and collaborative uh, sort of moment, I think we made something divine. And when I sing it in the show, Um, people have like literally told me it's like a conduit for both pain and possibility. What what does that sound like? I'd love to hear a little bit. Oh, have you? Okay. Well, we have it in there, but, um, (laughs) yeah. All right. So, um, it goes like this. It goes, um... Yeah. Beautiful. That's uh, in Isakosa, which is uh, really a beautiful, very expressive language. I can definitely and, hear that. Yeah, and I guess... Like, these are all lyrics that are, we are on this journey and we require protection for this journey. It does rela- it does translate to the protection song, 
but we are also looking forward and we will not be stopped looking forward. So unlike, I think, um, political movements, Black Lives Matter, etc., which is all about mobilisation, external, um, you know, sort of ideas of self-determination, even the apartheid movement, what I'm talking about with this show and with type 2 diabetes is an internal revolution. And that is like delicate and hard and there's there's some pretty grisly monsters out there, even stopping the education, the health education, putting a tax on sugar. You know, there's a big star of the show that I should probably touch on, which is the pancreas. People can't get enough. I've sort of characterised the pancreas. For her to actually talk about what it's like to be, you know, for for all of the parts of her to be abused and, and um, broken down by this poison that's coming through, which is, you know, mainly things high in sugar and flour. And um, and I, I feel like it's so weird that it works. I can't, like, for me, the show somewhere between The Muppet Show, Mighty Boosh, Red Dwarf and Lovecraft Country. How do you market that? Nobody knows. <laughs> um, but it is a pure sort of artistic offering. And even, like, I've had friends that have seen other works and they were like, we... We saw it was you. We knew it. We almost knew we were where we were until there are a couple moments towards the end that flips it. And I and I was like, yeah, because I, I'm trying to get between the cognitive dissonance and the huge amount of shame and hurt and guilt, and then the craziness of being marketed drugs twenty four seven. I'm talking about sugar, you know, even when you're watching the sport, like sugar, 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 and. And then being told it's up to you to change that addiction. Like who, we don't give heroin or coffee to kids, but we give them sugar. We start that addiction so early. And the emotional side of, you know, food addiction and sugar addiction, it's so tricky. And particularly when, you know, you can get a hit 24-7, you know. it's it. There's no taboo. It's not like smoking cigarettes or drinking alcohol, but now... The government's doing an inquest into type 2 diabetes. We're at epidemic levels and it's no longer called adult onset diabetes, right? So I'm like, how the hell am I going to get people to see glucose as a villain? This is going to be interesting. Yeah. (laughs) On that beautiful note, Candy Bowers has been my guest. Her show, Sweet Mama, will be at the Drum Theatre October 20th and 21st. Great to talk to you. Thank you. You've been listening to a podcast of The Drawing Room with me, Andy Park. For more great conversations, search for The Drawing Room on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.